mic up. Turn my mic up. Ready on the right. Hey yo, calm down, nigga. Ready on the left. Hey yo, calm down, nigga. Ready on the right. Hey yo, calm down, nigga. Ready on the left. Let go, nigga. Oh my lord, it is the international. Bad boys are not at home. I messed that one up. I was out of tone. Sink. Sink. No, it was my tone was off. Yeah, I you punched me right before we I didn't punch air. you. I go, stop it. Yeah, you, he did like the dad seatbelt thing. Yeah. Like, hey, stop it. Chill yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, he was like, shut up. And you kept going. And then. No, and because then you said, you said, can I have that tagging because I paused? Yeah, because you paused. <laughs> you're sensitive today. No, I'm not sensitive today. It's nothing wrong. Because if you're just throwing something, if I'm throwing something, you're like, dude, I got big. Can I use that? Fuck yeah. I go, hey, I, I, you know, I'm talking hey, about. Hey, Sam, let me do, give me an example. Hey, Sam, uh, uh, I liked what you said about oranges. Can I use that in my bit? Yeah. Oh, that was pretty clear. Okay. Yeah, All yeah, right. sure. How did I say it? Hey, hey, buddy, can I use that? Hey, dude, I'm talking about how the word, how I don't think we should use the, the word. No, I said that. I said this. No, but I'm playing I you. I set it up. You're supposed to be playing me. I'm playing me now. I'm going I'm to play you and me. Okay? Okay. okay? You've been doing that and for years, And you'll know use because it's like the really feminine gay voice, okay? <laughs> Here's how I have a feminine gay no, voice? No, you don't. Not at all. Not at all. Dude. A little bit. Not at all. Not at all. A little bit. And you just dropped an octave. A little bit. A little bit. So here's how it goes. I'm like, hey, Steve, I got this great new bit I'm working on about how, like, because of gay marriage, interracial dating, and we're pretty cool with drugs, you know, those are the big taboos. The next one is we should take the word fuck off the swear words, and everybody should instantly be able should be able to say it freely. You're like, yeah, man, it's kind of like the word skelly. No, no, it's like fuck. You said it's just a, a place filler word like fuck or um. Yeah. And I said, I said, yeah. And I said, in, in the 1800s, uh, they used to, scallywag used to be like saying fuck or the N word. Yeah. And I go, hey, dude, can I use that punchline? You go, sure. sure. No, it was. That's exactly that long. what you did. No, do you know what I was thinking in that second? What? Bill Posley, who's, who's a guest on this show, was the first one to tell me that. So I was like, well, I, like, because he was like scallywag, like he said that, and so I was uh, just thinking, I'll ask him if I can yeah. do it. Yeah, okay. that's all. That's all the podcast. That actually was. happened to me before, when I was doing a, I was doing a, uh, I did a podcast because I, I've done stand up, dude. I've done people's podcasts where I've watched people, we're kind of having conversations. They're like, and I see them write something. Like I, I said something, I see them write it down. You know. Well, what happened? Okay, I, I guess I got to ask you because this happens a lot. You're waiting to go up on stage. Not you, but like comics, and we're having a hilarious conversation, and then someone goes to the stage. I've done this before, I'm like, and goes and talks about what we were talking about. Is that all right? Well, it depends on who initiates the conversation. Who the, how are you ever gonna know? One hundred percent. You know what I say when I'm about when I'm about to say something I think could be a funny joke. I go, you know, I've been doing I I've been doing this thing on stage, and then I say it, so then I claim it. Oh, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, I've been doing this thing on stage, where, and then I claim it. So, so once you say I've been doing it on stage, yeah. you're like, oh, bitch, like you're not gonna come on. Like yeah. on my property, I've been doing this. Yeah. No one's gonna go. The door's yeah. locked. Okay. This is my intellectual property. Let me tell you about it. Even though I've, I might not. No, I'm yeah, not gonna say it. But no, I get you. I you get know? you. Yeah, I got you. So that's kind of where we're at on that. Okay. So scallywag. Scallywag. I'm just like I'm trying to really push new jokes. You I know what's so funny to- I heard in a, in a 12-step program is that so, this old guy, sometimes you go to like a 12-step program meeting and there's like there's like an old dude there. And mm-hmm. sometimes people, young people get creeped out by the old guy there. 
but I'm a little more sensitive because I'm kind of in between the young people <laughs> and the old guy. Like, I'm very sensitive right now to ageism. I watch it happen all the time. Well, because of the Steve-O conversation on our podcast, I think that spooked you maybe a little bit. No, because I disagree. He got dramatic, but he was like, everybody hates. Like, he got in my head. I was like, dude, I don't even feel it. He's like, it's all over. Well, for him, because where he was and what's going on now, like. The demographic he fucks with are, are, you know, are They're older. It's like, uh, who was it? Somebody, the Eagles or somebody did a thing about how, like, they look out in the crowd and it's all old chicks. I'm like, well, you're fucking old. Yeah. What do you want? Everybody wants fucking 20-year-old pussy at their thing. Like, everybody wants crystal. I don't know, man. For me personally, I like a variety of people in my audience. I like, fuck, of all ages and colors, I don't want one group of anything. I just really don't. I like everybody counterbalancing each other. You're like a, a, a random grab bag at the DMV. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, dude, I've done shows where it's all young, hot chicks, and I'm like, this is going to be miserable. You know what I was, I was just... Uh, telling somebody, remember that show we did in Pasadena for those Koreans? How many girls were on that show? Remember, like, and they were underage. The owners were just letting them in. Do you remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah. He goes, oh, he, this Korean guy was like, I don't care if underage pussy come in. And we're like, because we, we worked with a bunch of girls who were like 17, 18 hostesses. This this Korean man opens up a bar, finds out I'm doing stand-up, and goes, you're doing stand-up now. I was just like, working at a did restaurant. We, yeah, it did well, and it then did, he just we, stopped no, it, right? It, yeah, it did really, really well. Like, I, I went and found a notebook during that time period. We had... Leslie Jones, um, Adam Devine, like like, and this is all the credit to Sam. Sam was building the 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 um the lineups, but our lineups were like the comedy store lineups now, and it was at some random restaurant in Pasadena. And this guy, remember, he built us a stage, and you didn't know what was going on the whole time because I worked for these, these these were Korean sweatshop owners that were that were born in Brazil. Moved to Tijuana, owned sweatshops, built an empire, then came in, in Pasadena, bought That's a random so a random rest, a restaurant, and then it was run by all white kids. And they bought it, and they were like, you, go go, go back now. And I'm like, <laughs> this is like, what are you doing? You can't do this. Like, they, they ran sweatshops for 20 years. And so they'd be like, you, you're a worker. Go scrub. And I'm like, dude, nah, homie. So then one one day I I did a, a at the haha ha, I did no, a comment yeah like everybody was like what are you thinking but they were ruthless dude they would try to they smoke didn't play cigarettes. by the rules inside and so they like I did a um a, a comedy contest at the haha ha cafe everybody took off of work to go watch it right 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 they find out and they go oh there's money in stand up and they go you're doing stand up now at our other restaurant and I go well I don't know and they're like call your friends I called Tripoli this is five years ago. And you're like, I guess this could work. I mean, there's no stage, dude. That stage, remember they built us a stage with, like, floodlights? And it, you weren't stressed because it wasn't your day job. But during my day job, however it went on that week, would reflect in my, you know, schedules. I'm living hand to mouth at this restaurant. And then, and then it was, dude, they told me, they're like, underage girls is fine. So all the girls and the friends of the friends who were 17 years old were coming and getting wasted at this show. We had, like, hundreds of, we had a lot of people coming to that show. That was a fun time, It man. was a fun time. I still make her crazy that Anne Devine did. I've tried to get Anne Devine on these shows. I guess at some point you just become when you when you've been doing so a, big, a hit show for six well, years. Is he on um the other show on ABC too? Is he on two shows? Is Probably. He, I mean, is he's he on that... the show with the homos? Whoa, Aaron. Can we we can't call them now? No, I'm just I'm just being dramatic. So what should we call them? They're gay. My favorite. Some of my best friends are gay. Cool. I can say that. Um. Can I tell you about what I did? Real quick, where are you going to be? I'm, I'm doing potluck tonight. Potluck last week was awesome. Um, Joey Diaz, oh, there's good energy in here. I don't know why. Something's happening where there's, there's the energy in the room has just soared. 
it's like it, an I feel eagle. love. Like an eagle. I feel love. Um, last week's potluck was some of the most fun I've ever had at the comedy store. Joey Diaz hosted potluck. So for all of us new guys, it was so cool because he made everybody's jokes better. So like, like Chelsea, did, you know, we're kind of talking as friends now. And she was like, how was it? I'm like, why didn't you go? And she was like, you know, everybody was, I think, kind of nervous. He made everybody funnier because he'd give you such a funny intro. Even if you said a, He's old school, a, sec, a, a, a speck of something funny, he would riff on it. So that the last thing that everybody's remembering is like this really funny riff that you started. But even if you bombed on stage, I, it was just it was amazing. dude. It I, was loved it. So I loved cool. it. I love it. We're bring in two seconds. Um. So, you, so where am I going to be? I'm going to be at the potluck tonight. I don't have any shows. Oh, no. I'm going to be doing hosting Madhouse uh, Friday and Saturday, 7.30 and 9.30 shows at the Madhouse in San Diego, driving past my ex-girlfriend's house where I used to live. Try not to get emotional about that, but I'm, you know, <laughs> my therapist randomly called me last last month when I did it. He goes, what are you up to? I'm like, dude, what's going on? And I, I told him I was passing through my exes. He's like, aren't you on a better? Isn't life so much better now? But it's like, you know, when you are do when you did a whole weekend, you do four shows, and then you're driving back at 138, and you're driving back by your old house. Like, I don't know. Trying yeah, to I get it, dude. But, but anyways, There's that's some what emotional dump that comes after, like, Saturday night late show. You're like... Oh, it's over. You know, I, you know, yeah. like I'm not the guy who does every week in a, you know, I, I, you know, for the last like two years, I've been doing about two weeks uh, a month on the road. Sometimes I'll go like six weeks and then I'll have a couple weeks off, you know, but well, I still get to the point where it's emotional dump when well, I fucking leave. Th- this is, this is what, well, like, this is what's happened to me. The few times I have done the road, I haven't done it a lot, but you'll go out and you'll entertain the people. You give all yourself, you're like rock and roll. You're the rock star. Every- 200, 300 people are looking at you, hanging on to everything you say, and then they go, all right, we're all done, and then you just sit from the back and just watch everybody leave arm in arm off to their car, and then at this place is in a mall, the Madhouse. It's really fun to do. I love the Madhouse. And, and then you're him. walking, but I was walking by my car, and people are like, you're, you know, you're funny. I had a good time. I'm like, goodbye. And then I get in my car, and I'm just watching them make out and drive off with little jealous eyes, you know? The worst is, now I have this thing when I go on the road, and we'll bring in our guests in about two seconds. Uh, when I do the road, man, this is the way, and I've had comedians watch this. When I destroy a room, I mean, just fucking shake the walls. You remember Lanecraft's, oh, you go my way, whatever the fucking thing. Yeah. When the I, 94 when music video? Yeah. Rock, the, and then the walls are shaking. Nobody talks to me after the show. Nobody talks to me. When I have that kind of show, and this is a great example, and I, re- I want to bring you in on this one. When I have an okay set to even a poorish set, nobody can stop. To, I, I, a line around the door you're like I'm a you're... fucking soup kitchen for homeless people. <laughs> it's just they, there's a line of people wanting handouts, man. And a great example of this, and I'm going to bring Steve in on this. Like, hey, I liked you. Like, yeah. you get that one? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I get people coming. Awesome. Like, this weekend I did uh, the main room, uh, and I followed Byron Bowers, who is really – I'm going to tell you something. If you don't know who Byron Bowers is, Funny. I'm going to say something. In about two years, this kid's going to be doing some next-level shit. I really, really like what he's doing I right really now. do believe he's going to be doing next-level shit. It's my theory is uh, when black people do white people drugs, it's either they go fucking gray or they're Cat Williams. It's like one yeah. or the other. That's where they fucking go. But he's doing some fucking amazing shit on stage. And he went up there, and I heard him going, oh, this isn't great. Oh, well, I guess you guys didn't like that. It sounded to me like he was killing. And then I went out, and... It just was, I could not connect. With, I, You know, I throw a classic, they'd explode. Nude shit, stare at me. Classic, explode. And it starts messing with your head. Then the light's not coming on. Ugh. The light is not coming on. And okay, uh, joining me, because he's been where I am, uh, 
He's got a great. What's the name of your podcast? I've Good times. A great fucking podcast. One of the the nicest guys and one of the baddest comics in terms of badass comics. <laughs> I know, Mr. Steve Simone, and I mean that with Woo! all. Hey, thank you. Yeah, that's why I'm just happy to be hanging out with you guys. I showed up on time, right? Yeah, you're I got you're nervous. I was like, they're already talking. You're actually, we do 30 minutes. Because, you know, I used to have a, the old podcast, Naughty Show, and I, I, we never scheduled time for people to get to know the people on the show or what's going on. That, yeah, you that's what the people intro, are emotionally. You do the outro. Yeah. And then you got to bring in other people because. You know, after a couple episodes, people are getting bored of hearing about you. are like, oh, and you want to, yeah, 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 you got to mix it up. So you got to have a little bit of both. So the reason I, I would love to talk, yeah, that's your, that yes, water is free yours, water. Buddy. Free yeah. water. Free water. We're pretty Living high water. class here. Uh, is that th those late night main room spots, they're, it's, they're it, mind fucks. Yeah. They're great, and you're uh, thankful for them, but they're mind fucks. Well, it's great to be on the team, coach. Yeah. And that's ultimately what the way I look. They're great to be considered one of the better comics at the comedy store, which is the greatest comedy club in the world. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice little chunk of change for staying in town, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Win, win. And they also, I believe, make you really, really good. Yes. But the problem is they're not. Uh, it's not always fun to live through. Yes. Right? Yes. Because you're going up in front of yes. an audience that is tired. They don't want to be there anymore. And they're, I think the worst set is when the room's full, but they don't want to be there anymore. Yeah. Like, there, there's every, every spot, as soon as you get past an hour and a half into a show, every spot starts to take on its own personality, and you never know which one you're going to get. You might get the spot where all the nerds left, and all the people that are left are awesome, because there's sometimes a second life in that late night room. Yeah. But then there's other times where it's like, no matter what you do, you could bring out Richard Pryor. 100%. Like, I talk about, now the whole thing is, how many people leave when you're yeah. done? And that's like, no matter who you are, even I, uh, Richard Pryor, if you give him the two and a half hour spot into a show, yeah, people gonna... are going to leave. Yeah. Like when you came up to me the other day going, watching people leave during Jim Jeffries, like, what are they doing? Oh, yeah. Jim Jeffries dropped yeah. in. And, it doesn't and like, matter who. Yeah. And even Eric, the manager, was like excited. He's like, oh my God, he's one of my favorite comics. And we were so excited to see him. And then like... 20 people just and Sam was sitting in one of the booths and Sam and I are looking at each other shaking our heads but they don't care I mean I guess no it's like, I knew it because it's just the spot and I'll tell is. you well like can comedy, I just say he's I, not I, a comedy store I, and, I, and there's a little bit of a way of you enter when you're comedy store that if he did the comedy store for a little while mm. it would have gone even better than it did after once they realized where he was at Do you, you think know what so? I'm oh yeah he walked right out and jumped right into a joke. He didn't say anything to the crowd. You he didn't connect. talk to anybody. He didn't go, hey, what's going on? Oh, you guys are still here, which you watch people do. That's what That's what those late night spots are good for. You got to be, the comedy store, mm -hmm. if anything, teaches you it's all about in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's all about in the moment. Yeah, oh yeah, you can't do a, you can't say this, these are the bits I'm, if, if you get an Earl, if you're hitting off the tee, yeah. yeah, if you're going up at 10 o'clock. The reason you're great, Steve, is because you are a early show guy who kills late night, and that Agreed. is not easy to do. And there are guys who get those early spots, and I don't have anything with anybody that are just I, – if I hear another person go, oh, my God, that guy killed. I go, what spot was it? Oh, he's like third. In. Dude, that's new pussy baby. spot. Yeah, it's baby. If you, you call, call me when somebody doesn't kill in that spot. Right. That's more amazing to me. Hey, yeah, dude, that someone true. got three in, yeah. and he bombed. Now, I want to hear this story. Tell me some dude teed off three, four, five in. If you're anywhere earlier than 11, the, 
there's there's eight spots in two hours. Yes. Anywhere in that eight spots, if you're not crushing, you're doing something, something wrong. wrong. After the eight spots, if you're Good crushing, luck. you gotta fuck. You got you know what you're doing. Yeah, and spot seven and eight. This is what I, this is my theory on comedy. Comedy is a very especially live. All comedy in general is it fascinating art form, whether it's film, television, or live performance, because the audience is actively engaged. You're trying to get a response out of that audience. A drama, you can just sit and chill, and mm -hmm. you're still doing your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A comedian has to make you laugh. A comedy film has, that's why comedy movies seem to work best, maximum 90 minutes. Yes. Comedy shows, in my opinion, maximum 90 minutes a great comedy film 75 minutes 80 minutes because that's all you can really laugh and be engaged for and then you need a break i i like going yeah, up on the road training i like going up in the road at no later than 30 minutes into the show mm -hmm. that's when i feel is the best time so i'll give my opener 10 minutes my feature 20 then that's it and let me get up Maybe a guest spot, but dude. Yeah, but then that starts ruining, it really does start ruining the show. 30 minutes, they're warmed up, they're ready to go. And then when I headline, when I was younger, I was insecure. I wanted to prove that I was a headliner. I was mm -hmm. like, I got to do an hour. Let me do an hour and 20. No. Really? Now, now I ask the room, I go, what's the least amount of time I can do? Really? Interesting, really. Yes. Unbelievable. Yes. Keep them wanting more. Keep them wanting on more. A huge laugh. Be like, get, I really like that guy. I, as soon as they really start to get to know me. And then it's like later. It's like at a house party. Are you talking when you're about crushing, comedy? When you're crushing at a house party, but then you stay like an hour too long, and then you get weird. Dude, you're like, goodbye. 40, and I actually talked to a lady that was a manager that used to be a waitress. And she said, you know, it's so funny that you're picking up on that. Because she was like, I waited tables for over 10 years. She was like, regardless of who the headliner was, we always made the most money in tips with a 45-minute headliner set. 45, I no should, matter who it was. I should do that. I just. Trust me, it'll change. My ego. problem it's is. Letting go of the ego. Is my, letting go of the ego. I don't know how long my stories are. Right. I really think my stories are five minute stories. And then I realize that they're really 10 to 12 to 13 When they're done stories. right. See, that's another problem that uh, is common in comedy. Especially when you're not used to quality stage time. <laughs> Quality stage time, a seven-minute bit, is really, you take your time with it. You let it marinate. Savor it. Yeah, it's probably 12, 15-minute bit. But, like, sometimes when you're, even when you know you can get a bit in late night, you got to chop out the fat sometimes to get to the laugh because their attention spans are fried. They're, mm. they, they're not as engaged as a, and I acknowledge that with the audience, and they, and that's how I connect. I'm yeah. Like, Two hours ago, you guys were awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, we were." I always hope. Oh, it was, you guys are such a you guys are such a great crowd. Two hours ago, you'll be like, mm -hmm. "Man, I watch you guys be awesome," and now you're not. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like those are it's tricks you learn. Sometimes yeah. people don't get me. Like a lot of the young comics, I know when they first see me, sometimes they're like, "What is it?" Because I love yelling at the crowd, but I do it. I do it intellectually in a way where I know it what to say that makes them laugh. Yes. See, that's the thing. You hit the nail on the head. Like, because the greatest thing about the comedy store is learning from each other. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that there's kids with dreams in their eyes that show up. But I could see like a, an open mic comic watching Tripoli do what he does, and they're like, "Oh, I could just yell at the audience." No, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's what an unexperienced eye sees. I go, "Oh my god, he's connecting. Yeah. He's mm -hmm. bringing them into his world. He's getting them ready for Tripoli time. This is awesome." But it's done with the vulnerability, and it's done with the sweetness. And an aggressiveness that only you can combine. Yeah, thank you. That, but it's the truth, and that's that's what we're all called to do as comics: is find out what makes me me. Yeah, that, I, that's and it. I and think you, you have it, bro. Vulnerable. Yeah, you are one of those guys. I'm like, 
when you get a special, it's going to be a, such a fucking next level thing because your stories are so good. Like your story about your nephew is like that story could be put up against any story that's been told, dude. And the comedy story, that's like the best story, dude. It's such a it's such a well beat thing, man. And Which I, story? About his his nephew in uh, Philadelphia, and I don't want to give the bit away, because, but but it's like his nephew is like a don of the mob, and it's like he brings it every Christmas. He's got to bring him gifts. And oh like, yeah, yeah. Are I the love gifts that good story. enough? Are the gifts good not not good enough? Yeah, man. The reason I wanted to get into it is because you're very interesting, man. Because you're a lot like me. Like this last ep at the store, I'm I'm a weird guy at the store right now because. I don't know my footing at the store. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, no, but I don't think anybody does. And this is coming from someone who works the door. Yeah. Who I'm, I'm kind of in a little bit, but I'm, I'm not made. I'm not made yet. So I get to see. I'm, I'm with my back on the wall, and a lot of the guys that have been there a long time. Every, you know, I have private conversations with everybody. I would never repeat names, but everybody's kind of like, so what's up? Where, am, where am I in this lineup? What, you know, every, a lot of guys are going through that. Like, see, what's of like, your class at the store? Are you in my class or no? Is Ari the is Ari you? Is that a set another class? I think, I think you had your class, which would be you, Cap, Ernst, and Sebastian, and Maz Jabrani, and Maz, and Ahmed was in that class yes, too. That was your class. Now there was a. Now that was my class, but there were guys who joined my class that joined later, which I consider like Steve Byrne, uh, Brian Callen, because they were actually after you. But for some reason, because we're all the same age. In a weird they way, hung that, out with you guys. Right. My actual class is like probably two after you, because I didn't get passed for eight years. Took People me. don't even understand that. Are you kidding? These me? young kids wow. are ready to call it quits because they're millennials. They're not bad people, but do people don't realize <laughs> Ari showcase almost thirty times? Are you yeah. kidding me? I That's didn't not know even that. a joke. The man. only way I got eight passed years, is I said times? I didn't want to do it again. Yeah, I was already. I started to headline improvs. With nothing, no TV credits, nothing, and then they were like, "Do it's you want to showcase for Mitzi?" I'm like, "Nah, I'm all right." Wow. Yeah. That, and I eight tell years. About... I think I broke the record actually for just time. I'm not sure, but you're it's the... definitely top five. Steve, longest. you're the only. You're the only person. And I'll, I'll say these two things. Um, you're the only person I've seen just go. Ah, I'm not feeling this right now. I yeah. don't want to do this set. Remember in the main room that one yeah. time, and I. I, you tell me things that I didn't I know. Need th to do that. No, listen, I, I didn't know that you can do. So I'm There's sitting no there. No rules, man. It, it, it was a, it was a bad There's show. No the crowd was bad. It was really dark energy. Yeah, I'm like, it, I don't need this. And and, and uh. you went up, you went up for a minute. And you go, you know what? I don't need to do this right now. Yep. And then you're like, I'm getting off stage. And then someone came. I think Nick Yusuf came and replaced you. And then I was like, Hey, is everything cool? You're like, Yeah, I just, I just don't need this right now. And I said, no. I said, You can do that. And you go, Yeah. I just did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like it was almost like in the Matrix. Like yeah, yeah. you can go like the video. You get used to the video game. It's like, oh, you can go in that other For room. For sure, dude. Like the way I look at it. See, that's what's so beautiful to me about stand up, and also so frustrating about stand up. It's the only art form I can think of where the audience is is equal to you in terms of creating the final product. Yeah. Like if I'm in a band, wait, 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 if I'm in a play. You're all, it's, it's um, imagine you're an actor, but the audience is your scene partner. The audience has oh, just as much creative like control over the final outcome as oh we my do. Oh god, that's so, scary. It's terrifying. Right, because the, I always say this, I go the audience gets the show they deserve. They get the show they deserve. And there's a point where like every once in a while I'll run into the audience that needs the hug the most. But it's always the audience that deserves it the least. Like I don't even think of myself as That's a comedian. That's such a great line. Yeah, yeah. I'm just tripping on everything that he's saying. I right honestly now. I view myself as like a uh, a healer. Kinda. I think that's too strong of a word. I just try to be uh, therapist. 
I don't know. I guess it's not comedy. It's kind of like I want to be the yeah. I want to go be the hug that this this town needs it. This town, Dude. and I think you get if you get good at putting LA audiences in a good mood when you get out into the world. It's a much easier job, but they need much it just easier, as bad. Yes, they need it. Like I don't they actually want to laugh. Like they're there for entertainment, right? And then I'm like, ah, I don't want to just make them laugh. I want to get them to feel better about themselves and feel better about life. Well, like I, remember, I re- that's really what I'm trying to do. I, I ran a show. We're on hiatus right now, but called Palapalooza, and it would be a stand up goes up, does does like a six minute set, and then an improv team does like ten minutes behind them, and then I want to do that know, again, dude. Yeah, well, we're on hiatus. We need to find a new place. We were doing it at the Nerd Melt, and then. They kind of push us out, gave us a midweek spot, and we said no. I do it at my buddy's art gallery. Where's it at? It's down uh, on the like edge of Korean town, downtown. Is it a cool spot? So cool. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. And I remember because I, I would always call Sam. I say, Hey Sam, do you know any comics that would like be perfect for the show? And this is how I met you. I think that was like what three years ago, maybe or yeah, two three years ago. I, and I didn't really know you back then. And, and you said, Oh, my buddy Steve Simone, and you gave me his number. I was like, Oh, is he is he good? He's like, Dude, he's the best. So I I, I went and and I'm. When I'm running a show, because I was hosting the show, running the show, then performing on the last team, I don't really like listen too much because I'm like my mind's elsewhere. I swear to God, you almost made me break down crying. <laughs> I I grabbed my my friend Aaron, who we were we were is three guys running the night, and you're like you're just talking about like. I think the the first part you're like, have you ever seen people that used to be friends haven't seen each other in a while hug like at an That's airport? That's a real story. Yeah. That you told that I'm getting children now. You told that story, and I was in a real dark place like during that time, and you told that story, and I was like, I was like, I can't cry in front of these people. And I felt like a tear. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, I felt a tear rolling, and then I looked over at Aaron and I grabbed his forearm, and he just looked and shook his head, and then like that was one of the best sets. I've that anybody's ever done at, at my show, and we did wow, it for three, four years. And then you, and then you talked about uh, the cholos at the, <laughs> the end of the yeah, night, yep. and we got That's to act a great out. Bit. And yeah, then, and real. then my favorite bit of yours is, is is, and I don't know if it's your, if it's your favorite bit. I haven't heard you do in a while, but the guy, the guy that worked out at your gym, that was like like the secret tough guy. Oh, you know what? I, that, I've only told that story like probably twice on stage. Murdered because we got to act out these stories, so like we're kind of like kind of connected to him in a way you know what's you the just... basic story Hilar- true story hilarious because like uh <laughs> the look in your eyes though when you say his part when you're like i don't even know what would like because you got all psycho it's so funny dude real story long story short i worked in a bunch of gyms like his day jobs because they were flexible jobs i could work out for free i like talk to people mm. uh and it's like a way more positive environment than like probably anywhere else really uh, but one of the jobs I, I worked at Gold's Gym in Venice, and the, honestly, the Mecca, right? Yeah, the Mecca. I just wanted to meet Hulk Hogan. That was all I was like. <laughs> when I was like eight, he was like hanging and banging at Gold's, brother. Yeah. I'm like, I'll go make minimum wage if I get to shake Hulk Hogan's hand at one point. I That's and I did. Fuck out of that. I met, I met Hulk Hogan. I met Ric Flair. I was like, you, I remember once inter- there was all the big shots, corporate big shots, and I interrupted their meeting. I was like, guys, no fooling. Ric Flair's here. Can I give him free T-shirt? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to meet everybody. That's the the, the, the spot, the number one spot, right, for yeah. weightlifting. Yeah, yeah, like old school, like 80s action heroes. Uh, yeah, I met yeah. Van Damme there. Lou Frigno broke my balls there once. It's yeah. like the best. Really? Yeah. What's it like to get your balls broken by a deaf guy? Dude, it was probably <laughs> maybe, because he goes like this. I was doing, there's this exercise called, they're called, I think they're called Turkish get-ups or something. 
where you just like have this dumbbell extended over your arm and you lay on the ground and stand up. It's terrible. All right. Like one of my CrossFit MMA buddies showed it to yeah. me. I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. I'm a comedian. Yeah. I don't. And it was such lightweight and it was crippling me. <laughs> and then as I'm walking out of the gym, the same time. Like the Michael Jackson beat it video with two groups of people coming together at the same time. <laughs> me and Lou Frigno are walking through the doors at the same time. And he holds the door open for me and he goes, that was an awfully light dumbbell to be kicking your ass like that. <laughs> <laughs> he said that? That's amazing. Yes. Dude. And then I just gave him a look. Like, I didn't know what to say. I was like happy and hurt at the same time. that he. And then he went, I'm just kidding. Nice intensity. I was like, the Incredible Hulk just gave me a yeah, nice intensity. amazing, dude. Oh. Because I, I got so to know good. I was always I like the, that. That part wasn't in the story, too. Oh, that's a dip, well, That's not the story you're talking about. That's is amazing. when the, there was a lunatic that came in there. Long All the time short, or one time? This one time, this person was in particular. Look, crazy people find their way to the gym one right. way or another. <laughs> they do. Oh, crazy. It's like. There's buff homeless people. Dude. Oh, they dude. There were there. Yeah. Shredded. That's all dude, I got time at for. That is gym, working there out. was outlaws. There was commandos. There was yeah. FBI agents. Like everybody worked out there. Everybody. And one day, this guy came in who was a mo- monstrous. He was gigantic, like probably six five, or just everything, shredded. like NFL lineman big. Okay, but with yeah. crazy eyes. And before the <laughs> the 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 giant beard was cool. He had that, and he had that. You know when somebody has a crazy voice? Oh, yeah. From, and he was like, I will slap your face. <laughs> he honestly sounded like Like that. he wants to put the lotion in the basket? Dude, that's what I'm not. He sounded, It was frightening. Wild Bill. So yeah. I'll cut Buffalo to the Bill. chase. We got time. We, yeah. got, we uh, got an hour. We got an hour, uh, dude. It's all, all right. It's well, all I'll tell you. you. It's okay, you. so this is what we'll happened. We'll yeah. about China after that. All right, whatever. So uh, this guy walks in, and right <laughs> away you feel it. I don't care what anybody says. You feel stuff. And I'm like, this dude is a problem. Mm-hmm. So then uh, the guy I'm working with knew him or knew of him because he'd gotten kicked out of other gyms. So then I don't want to go into too many details because I don't like telling it. But I had a run-in with him where he's looking at me and he was like. <laughs> he was like, because, you know, I'm like, all right, take it easy, brother. You know, I tell it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, what are you smiling for? I go, <laughs> I gotta slap that smirk off your face. I was like, oh my god! First up, bro, I got shook. Like a like I haven't been that scared since I've been like twelve. Like that bully scared three o'clock high, buddy rebel. And immediately, as I felt his energy, immediately I'm going. This dude's tall. Am I far enough? Am I out of his? I'm behind the counter, mind you. But I'm still going. Am I within? I wanted. Control the distance. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. just don't be That's close enough. That's all you enough. got. That's all you got. Just don't be yeah. close enough for this guy to hit me. And then my buddy that knew this dude calmed him down. So I come to work a couple days later, and I guess this dude had gotten arrested. He had gotten arrested at the gym for starting a problem. Now, I, like I said, probably hundreds, if not maybe a thousand people work out at that gym every day. It's so busy. But it was like my job. It's like, hey, be the nice guy behind the counter. Yeah. So there was one dude that used to come in who was about my size, but very fit. Like if I was in shape, like sure. fighting shape. Yeah, People like don't one, know your size. Like who, I'm, who I'm like 5'8", 190. This dude mm. was probably 165, 170, but shredded. But super happy, like, hey, how's it going, man? All right. Mm. Look like like a college gymnast, like yeah, one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 like yeah. if they told me he was like the dude holding up a cheerleader, like, yeah. oh, I could see that. Right, right. Because totally. he, had, he had like mm. great energy, but like did not come off as a tough guy. As right, Spunky. right, right. Yeah. Mm. But um, he did uh, talk like this, yeah. and <laughs> I've noticed 
when I interact like uh, with people that have seen uh, a lot of darkness in their life, yeah. they um, <laughs> they tend to keep themselves calm by the way they regulate their breathing yes. and the yes. tone of their voice. Like if you ever like sit down with like a dude that's like a tier one operator, generally, if they're not joking around laughing, they're usually like, yes, thank you. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, all right. So we'll uh, execute everybody in there. You know what I mean? Like, so this guy, I should have picked up on that because he would always, hey, Steve, oh, well, you have a great day too. Thank you very much. One of those guys, right? So it's a couple days later, I'm back at work and I'm doing an impression behind the counter, like laughing, like I will slap your face, right? right. And everybody's like, Steve, you're the king. Like I was like 30 and I was working out with like 18 year old kids. Yeah. I mean, behind the counter, making minimum wage. Like, That's yeah. so funny, man. When you say like, I was 30, everyone's like, oh, you're so, I think, man, 30 is so young, right? Yeah, I'm the oldest door guy by 10 years. Yeah, they're like, they're, I, I, no, I don't care about it. It's the same thing. It's yeah. like, they're like old man, you know? And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, these guys need to fucking, you know, I'm like, but do you have the yeah. energy and the and the look and everything of their age? You're a different 35 okay. than they yeah, are. Yeah, okay. totally different. Do you understand okay, cool. what I'm saying? I'll get yeah, into that I, Sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm so grateful to be there, but I'm I'm the oldest door guy by oh, 10, by 10 fucking that. years. Feng Chao's 32, but... Dude, don't worry about anything. Okay. We worry about everything. The age we thing do. Yeah. is just nuts, dude. It's the, We were talking about age. Hey, man. But go on. Steve, go I'm on. just going to say I like being old because of the peace of mind that comes with it. And Interesting. Dude, the, there's no pressure, no pressure to be like the light, the live life to the max. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you want to have fun. You want to do, but there's no pressure. Like, dude, we got to go out. We got to bang those oh, chicks, bro. Got to fucking raise my scorecard. It was you know? really bummed out. Yeah, Steve-O came on last week, and he kind of like mentioned that. He's like... It, it, I, I, he just bummed about getting older. You know what I mean? He oh, it's a really, blessing. I think it's a blessing. His problem is that he lives such an insane life. Yeah. That, like, it would, like you just can't live that life forever. And it's no. maybe slowed down for him, and it, he doesn't look at it as much of well, a, a blessing. You need to switch gears and go into a different album in your, you know, yeah. a, a, of your life. You know? you know what? Eventually, I think... And I've said this on different podcasts, and I don't want to preach or whatever. Preach but, on ours. We, no. we preach all the time. We prefer it. Yeah. Uh, Get on a soapbox. This is what yeah, I believe. Get on your goddamn soapbox. You, there's no way you're going to have that peace of mind or find happiness if you're only living for yourself. No matter how great the circumstances of your life are, if you're only concerned about you, you're going to be a prisoner of your own everything. Prison. Or your own everything. But I think one of the great things about getting older is realizing it's not all about you, man. Be cool. Take care of other people. There's so many people that need your presence in their life, even if it's just a smile, that that's what you live for. And you start to forget that you're even in – as soon as you forget yourself and you're too busy impacting other people's lives, that's where the peace of mind comes from. Judd Apatow said something that was – I mean, he really, really connected with everybody the other night. He was on, and he goes, you know, I'm. it's safe to say I'm rich. I don't know if you guys have heard him do this bit, but he was like, I'm no. really, really, really rich. Yeah. I've got stupid money. Yep. And everybody started laughing, you know, and he goes – you're not going to believe me, but I'm no happier now than I was before I had stupid money. Yep. He goes, he goes, because what happens is, and it, it, it was such a magic moment. I was like, well, I was just listening because I, you know, I've talked to you a lot on the phone. If I yeah. struggle with that, I want to be famous. I want to be rich, and yeah. I, I think it's that all, it's going to save, it's going to, it's going to save me and stuff like that. But he goes, uh, he goes, you know, he goes. So I have enough money when I first got rich. I want to go to Russia. He goes, mm -hmm. you fly over to Russia. Now you're in Russia. You're yep. like, wow, this this looks kind of like America. Then you yeah. sit and you have a meal in Russia. And then you go, okay, I want to go home now. And he goes, do you know what I do most of the time? He goes, I sit in my room and listen to music like yeah. I did when I was 18. 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes, he goes, you know what really feels good? He goes, he goes, nothing feels better 
Um, he, he said nothing feels better than uh, when you when you really have to take a shit and you go to a restaurant and you're like, oh, my God, they just cleaned this restaurant. I'm the first one to use it. He goes, that feels better than the million I have in the bank flying yes. on planes. <laughs> and then he goes, when someone's riding your ass in traffic and you're able to do a move and pinch them out completely and keep going, he goes, that feels better than having $10 I million in the bank. I respect the And then he, he did like little three beats and it was so funny though. He was like- I've realized that too, man. I've really realized that. that you know, when I, I was you young- you and I both struggle with that. We both are kind of coming- I, You know, to, dude, I'm in a weird down. place and people think I'm crazy. I, when I look back in my life and even as a young man doing comedy, my goal was never fame. Yeah. My goal was always to be able to make a good living doing what I like to do more than the thought of being in an Amy Schumer's place or yeah. anything like that. Like the guy I'm jealous of and jealous in that, you know, I think the world of him is more Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan does anything he wants yeah. to do. He does anything he wants to do. Yeah. And what nothing is that? that he Great. does is How predicated is on just, ratings. I want to do this. He does this to the best of his like how does he have that It's the greatest guess, thing about being does, a stand up. How does he have that much freedom? We all do. I don't realize when you that. You really I, think yeah. of it. Hmm. You know, so that's where kind of I'm at the the, the rating we all like, do. you know, I've yeah. cut out auditioning out of my life. I yeah, never auditioned, dude, and I am now pitching stuff where I I just want to pitch. I don't want to audition. Yeah. I'm going to write myself in the roles. Absolutely. And that's how if I get on TV, that's how it's going to yeah. be. It's I can't dude, go It's just a job. Right? Yeah. It's just a job. As soon as you realize, like, look, right now, we're all good, man. Yeah. There's yeah, a we're roof all good. over our head. There's food in our stomach. That's it. Yeah. And then to think that. I tell this to young people. When I first started doing, I tell all these guys, this young guys, I go, you you, you want to get all this shit. But the truth is, the hap and Paul Mooney told me this. When I first got picked up at the comedy store, he was talking to a bunch of us. And I, I want to say it was like Sebastian and Brett Ernst. And I don't know if you were there. I don't know why I think you were there, but Paul Mooney pulls aside and goes, guys, the most fun you're ever going to have in comedy is right now. Yeah. When you are just running around, telling jokes, chasing tail, getting a free drink ticket, and you're just doing comedy because you fucking love it. When the money starts coming in, everybody starts popping off at different levels and all that yeah. stuff. You never see your friends anymore. You're always on the road. That's not when, when you start making money off your passion it becomes business and less passion yeah. and it, it's just the truth man so it's like it changes the game the f you know it's like biggie small said more money more problems it's just yeah. the truth dude well oh, also we we cut you off of that story too so that guy yeah we could bring him back whenever you want yeah yeah, yeah. let's bring him back oh yeah. so long story short this guy comes in and he's like the guy uh talking like this and he goes uh steve uh i heard you have a little situation here the other day and I was like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was like, yeah, I understand that the gentleman was uh, arrested and apprehended, but that doesn't mean he won't come back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, good point. I never thought of that. Yeah. Because here I am clowning him. Clown him right? yeah, yeah. And he was like, um, in the event that the gentleman shows up again, uh, what I want you to do is, uh, you know, number one, get yourself out of harm's way. Make an excuse to leave. Just say, uh, I have to get some water from the back or I need to go check on something. He was like, um, and then once you're out of harm's way, obviously, call the police. Uh, make sure that they're notified, the authorities. And then uh, if I happen to be on the gym floor, just pop out the back door and um, come get me. <laughs> and I, I was Next like one. this. I was like, okay, man. Like, I'm thinking he's I'm like in my brain. I'm going, oh, thank you. 
You know, like when a little kid's like, I'm helping. You're like, yes, yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Like trying to be polite. And I'm like, thank you. And he and he picked up on it right away. And he's like, um, you know what I, you know what I do, right? And I'm like, nah, man. You're let's just say his name's Billy. You're yeah. just Billy from the gym. You're Bill from the gym. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, nope. Nobody ever told you what I do. And I'm like, no. And then his even then he dropped like he, he was like, oh, my God, you really are the nicest guy ever. Yeah. He was like, you don't know what I do. And you're this. Ni-. And he was, And then he looked at me and he goes, yeah, you will. You are nice to everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you do, dude? Yeah, yeah. And then he was like this. He was like, um, I'm a lifelong martial artist. Uh, I teach close quarters combat to uh Tier one special forces at John F. Kennedy Special Warfare College uh, <laughs> down. I teach the teams down in San Diego. Uh, I actually have a, a boot camp where we incorporate combatives and jujitsu and crowd. The highlights of everything just just for kill strikes and clo- and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what? <laughs> and he's just like he started like he had been like his whole just life for kill strikes. Yeah, but his whole life like yeah, oh yeah. There's some great things the Gracies are doing with their with their grappling, but then again. <laughs> wow. uh, if you know, uh, if you're in an environment with broken glass and you can't be on the ground, and you're like, "Whoa, what? Are you, who are you, bro?" Yeah, dude, I love that. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Yeah. And then he was like, uh, do, you, "Do you have any idea what it's like to know all this and never be able to use it?" Oh my god! Like, oh my god! He was like, uh, "I I can never really use it in real, real world situations." He's <laughs> like, so he's biting at the bit. Yes. Because yes. I've another guy told me this too. He was like, "How human beings pick up." They know. We just instinct deep down. We get gut feelings. He was like, uh, I'll, "I'll never instigate, but uh, well, if you do want to step outside, we could do that." <laughs> oh, but soon that's as people, scary, dude. yeah, but soon as people know, that's when they they back off. I've heard that from like three or four guys that were legit tough guys. That like soon as the uh, soon as the bully in the situation knew, yeah, they picked up on it subconsciously. Like mm, maybe I shouldn't. So this guy was like, "Yeah, I would." Uh, I'd love to break both of his kneecaps before he picked up his hands. I was <laughs> wow. like, oh, my God. <laughs> I love that story. Yeah, we it's a real to, story. We get to act out that story. So that's that's just, the best. Did the guy ever come back? No, guy never came back. And, dude, let me tell you something. This guy that was, like, the badass, you'd never be able to pick him out of a crowd. No. Never. Never, no, never, he's never, a true never. badass. True badass. Yeah, it's like the same, like, when you see, like, MMA fighters and stuff there, they're never started. It's not the 90s where guys will do steroids and punch people in the no. face. You know what it yeah. is, man? It's like comics. Like, the r- comics who get the real stage time aren't really the funniest guys. I mean, on stage, they're not trying to make yes, everybody you, laugh. You get it all out. Yeah. It's the guys who aren't getting the stage time. It's just like, hey, oh, no, 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 just trying to do some stuff. You know, it's like the guys, like, everybody cracks jokes. You know, right. you tell who's funny or not. But the guys who are just always on, you're like, oh, you don't get a lot of stage time. Yes. You? A guy, a guy. Uh... They're trying to prove it to themselves. Yes, yes. My that's, buddy used to do that's that, Scott Ross, in an elevator. He wasn't getting, I was getting stage time. I got really lucky. I got picked quick out here, and and so I was just chill. And my buddy couldn't wasn't getting stage time. So we get in the elevators, and he started cracking jokes like loud in front of everybody. I'm like, oh, dude, one of my favorite podcasts. I heard the guy on Rogan and Tim Ferriss. Now he's got his own. His name's Jocko Wilnick. He's like the baddest, baddest badass ever. He's a for. He used to train. He was a former Navy SEAL that became like the guy that was in charge of all their training on the west coast and like jujitsu pr- practitioner for the last 20 years like legit like you look at the guy's picture you're like oh, oh my god like the toughest dude ever but also this nicest guy ever and he talked about that on one of his podcasts he's like uh usually those 
those bullies in bars are just trying to prove to themselves that they're not afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it is. And it's the same thing with comics that don't get stage. Yeah. Like, mm, maybe I maybe I'm not funny. So let me try to constantly prove it. When I <laughs> when I was in sober living, I, I was 28, and most of the guys were from like 20, <sighs> 20 to 30, 20 mm-hmm. to 35. So we're all like newly sober, kind of out of our minds, and so they bunk us like it's like Cool Hand Luke. It was just like bunk bed. Bunk Have you bed, written bunk about bed. this? It sounds like a great movie. But go no, on. I want to. Yeah. I want that'll be my next thing. What's it called? Bunkhead Luke. No, cool, cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke. You never seen Paul cool Newman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's I so thought good. That was, you were doing a play. Uh, oh, that's funny. Work. No, I didn't know. Um, it's called Bunk It. No. Um, so we were all in bunk beds, and you know we're all like, kind of unthawing from a life of, of yeah. drugs. And so everybody's you know just wrestling and fighting, and you know just fist fighting, but for fun, you know, slap boxing. Right. One of the guys there was was a hitman for the Aryan Brotherhood. Dear God. Oh, I love this story. Yeah, but no, this we, I've told a bunch of stories about him. Uh, but he ended up being the nicest guy. He was probably. Probably 5'10", 260 pounds of muscle. Oh, my God. Muscle. And, and walked in and was like, hey, everybody, we're shaving. <laughs> I got out of it. He goes, we're all shaving our heads now. And he they, they unloaded him from the prison bus. And he got off on some charge because they found out he was a drug addict. Uh, Schwarzenegger had this thing called SASCA program. So if you're in prison for a long time, yeah. it was drug-related. It was actually a good thing. They would yeah. un- unhook you and let you go out. But, well... He was a he was a bona fide prison guy for life. He was like, dude, I don't even know how I'm out right now. <laughs> and, oh, and so Jesus. and so he was bunking on my top bed. I, I slept like a baby because there was just rules. Like yeah. I would I would there's no conflict, never a conflict yeah. with him because I didn't I didn't want trouble. He didn't want to you know yeah. what I mean. So if you're another gang member, but he it was like it was like sleeping with a pit bull that was nice. You lived yes. with a pit bull, so I felt safe. So many stories with this guy, but this isn't why I got. It was just kind of like you know apropos to to the story that you guys were telling, but. You know, we were we were all. He would do prison hits from in, in there. He would send Dear letters, all, level all over his face. Swasco's all over his face. But then one time I saw him. He was playing, and there was a little black kid on his knee, and he, they were both playing video games, like because they had to meet the family. So it was yeah. like, you got to see like this isn't a whole other side. Yeah, this is well this in guy. prison. You gotta sometimes you gotta make some decisions to stay alive. Oh yeah, well this guy made it. <laughs> this guy was more <sighs> than that. This so when you're so, tattooing your face. You've made some decisions. So in we, life. we we're all. Everybody in the house, eight guys in this, in this one unit of apartments that we were all living in, we're going bonkers fighting. And he's he would he would listen to classical music, mm-hmm. and just and he had little Benjamin Franklin's spectacles, and he would just sit there. He was he looked like Mike Tyson. Yep. He was white dude. He was just sitting there, just smiling, watching all of us. And we were like body slamming each other. And we go, we go, hey, come on in there, come on in and fight with us. And he goes, and he had a list. This is how hard he was. He had yep. a list. He goes, no, thank you. And then he sat there, and 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 then we kept going. Come on, come on! And he goes, "You guys, I don't talk about it a lot, but I'm on a level four yard, and level four in prison is it's only violent offenders." And he goes, "There's no fights there because if there's instantly a problem, we go to Shanks." My God! So if there's like, hey, you know, Steve's taking an extra candy bar. It's like, okay, now you guys are gonna stab it out, and whoever survives survives. So he, he <laughs> goes, so he goes, us. He goes, he goes. So I don't slap box, and I'm I've been kind of conditioned. Unless you guys have a problem with me, like I don't I don't want to engage in this. World. <laughs> yeah. Oh like, my oh. god! <laughs> nicest guy ever. Yeah, nicest guy ever. Nice. He would draw me pictures. Like he was like he was yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, that's another thing I found out by working in the gyms. I'd come into contact with all. T- I've noticed that a lot of those guys that are like legitimately tough. They have to balance it out. Oh, and he was scared of he was scared of mice. He goes yeah. he goes. Steve, wake up! And I'm like, what? And he goes, there's a mice mouth in there. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, it was scattling and flicking and clacking. And he you made he's gay? No, he was just so hard he could do whatever. He whatever was just flamboyant. It was just like, yeah. but yeah, he was con- convinced there was a mouse in the wall. It was just fixated on us protecting us. Isn't that amazing? Like Amazing. They be- dudes balance it out. They really do. 
I had a buddy of mine that was a, a British commando who uh, was studying like musical. Commando. Yeah, he was studying musical theater because <laughs> he had already, you know, he did, I don't know, 12 years with their teams over there or something ridiculous. Oh they had all these awesome stories about like their training. They trained in every environment. They Arctic, jungles, desert, mountains, everything. Wow. And he would talk about like how he'd get dropped off, like they'd parachute into the jungle and then have a compass and that's it, and have to go meet at a rendezvous point a month later. So they would have to survive off everything in the jungle and figure out where they were. Oh and he was like, that was my favorite. I'd get a big beard and eat the bugs and how they would stab bugs, just drop them down their throat, so like just for protein. But then he'd play, like the guy was so, such a badass, but then also so profoundly sensitive. Really? That like when his grandfather passed, I remember like helping him through it, and then he was like, "I wrote a song about the experience," and it was like he had the voice of an angel. Like, wow. and then Papa would sit me <laughs> on his knee, and I'm like, "Don't laugh, he'll snap your neck." <laughs> you know, what I mean? like oh, the I real deal, man. Balance it out. Characters. Uh, I've met so many, dude. I used to work graveyard shift at the Hollywood gym. Do you know I who works that, out, dude? Dude, if you're wait, squatting on, on a on um on La Brea. La Brea. That's a weird zone right Whoa. there, dude. I always would go, because I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings around the corner. I'd be leaving at 3 in the morning, and I'm like, who the fuck is involved with this little scene? So that's a, oh. that's the weirdest place in Hollywood, in, in my opinion. Dude, right? I would have, there were a couple guys that were legitimate bounty hunters that worked out there. No shit. Bounty hunters. What? No shit. 3 in the morning, what else are you about, doing? It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a. 24-hour gym yeah. on La Brea and, uh, God, that other... That, it's that, between it's between Sunset and Hollywood on La Brea. The cross street technically is Hawthorne. And for those of you guys who are, you know, obviously most of the people listening are outside of Hollywood. When you see a postcard and you go, welcome to Hollywood, that's not most of what's hey, going yeah. on here. Most of what's going on here looks like a really bad part in your city, in your state, or wherever you're from. And so you come over to Hollywood where he's talking about, where Steve Simone's talking about in Hollywood. You know, I, I grew up here, so I, I know all the little nooks and crannies. It's It's... It's the weirdest place in the world. It's just a weird. Everybody's kind of in transit, wanting something, desperate. Yeah. There, you, you. If you said hi to somebody walking by on the street, it was like that scene of Pee Wee Herman when he's in the alley. You, they would hiss back at you and be like, yeah. you'd be like, "Hey, what's up?" So that's like, we're, I always, I need to hear this because I. There's like, a lot of L.A. That's the weirdest part of L.A. Yeah, it's a Am weird I, spot. It's, it's gotten weird. a lot better, but it used to Still just be weird. drug dealers on bikes and stuff and LA, prostitutes and L.A. Sad, is crazy. A lot of but because what, but what, there's, I just want to say this real quick. It's there. It's so many different vibes. Like, yes. there's so. It's many whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Well, do well. You know, it's like, I've been to Tampa. I've been to Miami. I've been to New York. I've been to Vegas. All those cities. There's a part of LA that plays like that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, like there are, L, like Vegas is corporate sin. That's yeah. what I think. Now LA. Is, yeah. LA is yeah. is like. Like you do your vices for the love of the game. Like you can find <laughs> the weird shit out here that Vegas doesn't have at all. Vegas is how can we tax this and make a dollar it's a off this? It? It's, yeah, it's a, a business, business sin. Here, there's, there's just a lot. What I I don't. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of people that need that hug, and that's why I'm so, I'm so grateful for doing comedy because there's something about comedy. Number one, you get to heal people in that moment, right? right. When they're laughing, mm -hmm. they're not thinking about their problems. That's magical. But I wonder if you, I think one of the coolest things is when somebody finds out that I'm a comedian, almost immediately, whatever wall they're hiding behind the, the drops. drops. Yeah. Cause they're just like, Oh, this guy gets it. Or I, I really think that when That's I true. say I'm a comedian, they no longer see me. 
they see the version of whatever they believe a comedian to be. Yeah. Like if they're a Mitch Hedberg fan, they think I do that. If yeah. they're oh, if they're a point. Dice fan, they think I do that. That, that is 100% true. They, they automatically, they're like, uh, do you do it? Like, and I'm like, well, it's more fan. Well, all right. Well, you, like, the, and they're fascinated by it and they like it. You know, and, uh, I, you I'm know so who loves gra- it? I'm so grateful for that. I never thought about that. That is 100% true. People go, what do you do? I'm a comedian. They're like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, like, it's amazing. You know who does so that? Grateful for that? Cops. Dude, I tell immensely. Dude, to hug First more? thing I tell yeah. cops, I'm a comic. Second thing is, I do charity events for cops. Yeah. And usually I'll get out of whatever wow. ticket they're about to write. But I always tell them I'm a comic. And they're just like, okay, you're not a serious person. Just look. <laughs> you're not a threat. Yeah. yeah. It happens yeah. all the time. I've told, I've told jokes. Multiple times to get out of tickets. I saw you and One Skippy time Simon in both Vegas. do it. I was with you what? guys when you and Skippy Simon both told jokes in the front seat. We got let off or whatever we were doing. I, yeah. dude, I was with a comic who will remain nameless, and we're we're getting ready for like a long road trip. We're gonna go out for a while, and as soon as we get into Arizona, whoop, we get pulled over. And he just goes like this. He goes, I'm going to jail. I'm like, what? <laughs> he was like, I don't have a driver's license. I don't have this. I was like, what? <laughs> so, cause like I'm like a nerd, you know. Yeah. And uh, the cop recognized him and was just like dude be careful like loved him and don't be stupid yeah don't be stupid don't be stupid uh i want to talk about your recent uh international travels yeah man uh you have you've done i think twice i've done it twice now too but i've had longer spans between the two things but you recently went to china to do stand-up yeah it was awesome it's awesome now i had i had done stand-up with in china with steve byrne like Eight ten years ago. Wow, where'd you guys go? We went uh Shanghai, Beijing, and it was a different experience than this last time I went. And I'm not lying to you. Netflix has changed the game. The internet has changed the game. How so? Because they get all my references. Back mm. then, those people who were out there for a while when I went like eight ten years ago, they didn't get all the who, current pop they, culture. Are these the expats? That expats. Are out there, you're yes. About? Yes. Yes. They didn't this get th- pop culture, American pop culture. No, because it, what, Netflix yeah. wasn't around. The internet wasn't what it is now. Interesting. Now it's the they get. I mean, even though the you're government the page. kind of like controls a lot of yeah. stuff, you get well. What you can do now is there's uh, uh, the VPN, the VPNs, which block the government control. Really? And you can get your all the websites you wanted before. That's crazy, man. Yep. It, it, people don't realize. I have no concept of that. I've been born and raised in L.A. and have not traveled barely at all. Oh, I love it out there. I love it. I, I'm trying to get back to Australia. They keep wanting to give me dates, and then and, and it falls through. But oh, Australia's so cool. great, dude. You'd love Australia. I've saw a lot of podcast listeners down under. Canada are, is yeah. the That's shit. My, I, Canada's my favorite place. Man. I, I do, dude. Really? I love it. The if people I could are play, so kind. If it wasn't so cold, I would live in Toronto. Yeah, I, Toronto's a great. But I would city, have man. to get American Sports Center. That's literally the only thing that Canada's missing. Dude, and Toronto's American right sports. over right over the border. Yeah. Dude, it's right there. I love Dude, it. Toronto in the summer is one of the coolest places Dude, ever. Dude, I gotta travel, man. It, it is San Francisco travel. with fuckable people. I say it all the time. <laughs> it's like, whoa, you're intellectual. You get everything, and I'd bone the fucking shit out of you, dude. Oh, there's a lot of hot girls up there. Oh, yeah, cool. I went dude, one Canadian time. girls have like happiness in their eyes. Yeah, it's real. And they're so hot and they're so cool. And uh you recently went to China. Yeah. I had a great time. How was your experience recently? It was awesome. But every time, and I will say this, this is I I don't want to sound like some crazy I love it or leave it, but one of my favorite things about traveling internationally is it really makes me appreciate America. 100%. It makes me appreciate everything we it puts me back into a state of gratitude. 
Like, uh, China was awesome, but I started to really talk to everybody, and everybody's got this. All the expats are kind of like, this could be the morning I wake up and have to go to the embassy or try to figure out how fast I can get out of the country. Really? Yeah. It's gone. Yeah, man. It, their uh, puppet like kind of economy is yeah, their it's... fake comedy starting to like really crash now. Do you know what happened, dude? And then we'll get into some of your stories. American companies would go there, build factories, and then the Chinese would just rip off all their technology and sell all their shit. To yeah, them. all the intellectual property. So they're like, software. We can't trade go secrets. here. You got to stop no. this government. It's like we're not stopping anything. They're like, okay, well, guess what we're doing now? Yep. We're pulling out. All of so our- this is happening now. Yeah. yeah. How long has this been happening for? Forever. Us? That's what this new trade. Ha- how long? How long have we been saying, okay, we're going to leave there? Well, you know what? I think that's a relatively. I don't look. I'm a moron. I, I I'm a comedian. I'm, I I try to stay ignorant to a lot of things on purpose to uh-huh. stay happy. Interesting. Uh, but I think a lot of the business climate change sort of mm-hmm. political. T- I think that's relative. Like I think from the anecdotal evidence that I was presented with through very casual conversations where I was not seeking this information and I did not ask more about it. But it seems as if from a few of the people that I spoke with that there was a point where partnerships seemed much more sustainable, but they kind of feel like they were duped into believing that there'd be long-term partnerships Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when it was just a play to have access to intellectual property and how to do it. And now that they feel like they know how to be capitalists and they know your secrets, they don't need you anymore. And I, I'm painting with a very broad brush. That's a very negative thing to say. I don't know anything officially. I had a great time doing the shows there. I want to go back. The people no, were incredible. They were great. Incredible. But there's something going on there. That you and picked it, up on. Your spidey sense is like, there's something weird here. It's like in The yeah. Godfather 2, right, when you're in, they're in 100% Cuba. 100% so. They're in I Cuba. Felt like and they're like Michael Corleone in Cuba. <laughs> going, I did. Yeah, yeah. There are a few little weird things. He's like, Mr. Roth, I don't think I'm going to do business here. Like, And then, yeah, Godfather soldiers, 2. Soldiers fight for a paycheck. What about- These gorillas uh, fight because they when he ju- yes, the guy jumped on yes, the bomb. Yes, yes. I'll know I have a partner. Oh, Hyman Roth's my favorite. <laughs> Hyman Roth's my favorite. I want a poster of Hyman Roth, but I don't know if that'll bring in too much darkness to my yeah, apartment. But that's I the love problem. him with his shirt off, just like, oh, Michael, I'd give $4 million to be able to take a piss. I, I love Hyman. Hyman I love, is He's the just Hyman. eating tuna sandwiches and tuna. turning up the college football game. Yeah. He's talking business. I love sports. Like, yeah, the just, greatest. He's the best. Adorable. I, I love him. This <laughs> is the life that we chose. And whenever I want to give up comedy, I yeah, think of that yeah. quote. I go, yeah. this is the life that we this chose. This is the life yeah, we chose. Because it wasn't business. Yep. Yeah, it's, oh, he's so great. That man's name was Mo Green. I love Mo Green. Oh, great. Every time I get a massage, I think about Mo Green getting <laughs> shot through his eye. I want to start. All right. Well, I'm not going to talk about it. Why? Why? No, I don't, Come on. You want to start beef with Sam. What? No, I'm just no, no. I'm just the kidding. opposite. No. It's just interesting like how our culture's embraces the wrong stuff yeah like we were like dude that guy's a gangster he doesn't take any crap it's like how about that guy's a saint he doesn't give anybody any yeah crap. yeah yeah oh, and i yeah. think and i really think that's what we have to start embracing like people are like that dude don't give a f and it's like mm, maybe we should start caring more because look at her look at our like I, I, look, I there's no that. more families there's no more economy look at our political options at this point like uh yeah it is interesting why do we worship darkness the dark and like in terms of dating too it's like i'm working on this bit right now about how women always ask me for dating advice but they never want to listen to me and it's always about this 
it's always this bad boy with a big dick. And I'm like, it's not going to work out. And they're just, I got to make it work. And the ro- romantic fucking kamikazes. And they never want to. Until wanna, it's too I'm, late. I'm attracted to that. You and I have talked a lot, you know. Yeah. yeah. They just I'm, don't want to listen to you me. You know what I think it is? People look for ways not to be happy. Why? I don't think I think I, they have mental problems, and I think a part of it is the culture in which we, the consumerism, the materialism, we're bombarded. I don't watch TV really, mm. but advertising was telling you that you're not worthy consistently. Yeah, because that's so they what all young you people on television about. The most popular shows have people in their late 30s and 40s on them. Yeah, but. All you're told about is everything's about young people. If you ever watch a commercial, dude, you'll see a mom who's maybe 25 with kids who are like 12 and 14 years old. And that's done specifically so that the mother who has kids who are 12 and 13, 14 Mm -hmm. years old looks at that mom, looks at those kids, goes, those kids are my kid's age. Look how good that mom looks. Look at how I look. I need to buy this product right. so I'm like that mother. It is yeah. literally that diabolical and that fucking sinister on how they oh, operate. yeah, they think of everything. And I think it's it's made people, it's like they live, but for real. No, it's 100%. like they really make people feel unhappy. And then when you take that mindset into relationships, you're see, not seeking somebody that's going to bring you peace or somebody that you can really build a life with. You, you're, you, you sort of, like if you... I believe audiences get the shows they deserve, and I believe people create the life they feel they deserve. And that you, is true. And you really have to make better choices. You have to be aware of what's going on. Well, I just feel like I, w- I was like a bad person in the first half of my life. And you're now, a hurting person. Don't say you're a bad. You're a sick person. You're not a bad person. Not anymore. I'm seeing, but like how you I were bad. I was, I was an animal. I was an animal to. to yeah, to... but I. But see, my your, my point is, people that behave that way are hurting. Yeah, and that's how you're seek, and then you're creating the life you feel that you deserve. Well, now, like when like, you talk about those people in prison, and if those dudes got the hugs they needed when they were three, mm-hmm. and people cared about them and asked them about their day, and they got proper nutrition and somebody read to them, they wouldn't be in prison now, man. Mm-hmm. Like I hate to sound like some Joe hippie, but no, you can do whatever you want on this podcast. Like yeah, we, this is we great. But you know what I mean? Like we, I believe preach, people. We, it doesn't matter, dude. That's I don't a know. hug goes a long way. For, for, look. I, I am going to go to the shooting range and be a gun owner, but I also believe There's nothing believe in wrong it. with that. There's not, but, guns, yeah. but that balance, you know what I'm saying? Like, I believe love and hugs solve everything. You got, you know what, man? Yeah, I believe that I for sure. I, I believe that no that matter right what now, it is, is the truth. it's the truth. That's like, the truth. At, yeah. For all of those people, all of the life's problems come down to your ability to give and receive love. <laughs> well, that's you a- create problems in your life when you're not willing to receive love. You create problems in your life when you're not willing to give love. I feel like I'm unlovable, like, uh, like That's in a the relationship. Problem. And, and you I, have and to I get over like, that, bro. I feel like I, I'm like, uh, for the first half of my life, how I behaved, I don't deserve to have a good life right now. Like, I mean, I'm working through that, but you that's have what to. that's what the voice inside keeps saying that. Like, you don't just. I went sh- clothes shopping. I went and went to a spa. It was, it was a fun weekend, and I, and I, I had a little extra money because yep. I'm working nonstop. Yep. And so I'm like, you know, I went to the outlet stores, and I yep. bought, like, nice clothes. I went That's to, awesome. Like, yeah, like, I, I spent, like, a lot of money on really nice clothes for the next two years, right? I yep. was like, I need – I'm on stage all the time. I need some nice stuff. Went to the outlets, got – Two hundred dollars shoes for thirty bucks, but I, I I did. It was the best. I I, I bought probably twenty five hundred dollars worth of clothes for about four or five hundred bucks. It's great. And I really did my shopping. And I was talking to my brother on the phone. And each purchase, some you know, look at like these. I mean, just nice shit. So cool, cool, cool shit. And like this no, jean, he, sneakers. Stuff. Just yeah. got some new sneakers. 
You just, just sneakers or pants? You just downgraded. You just downgraded what I was doing. No, you were no because you're so we're on a podcast. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. People are listening. Oh, oh, you're like, you were hey, look at these. Sneakers. I thought you were saying, oh, nice oh, these. Sneakers. They have I, no I, fucking idea what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, you're like, oh, I know I why you said it, because you just want to be mean. No, I'm just trying to show you love, bro. No, I'm good. It's all good. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's how wars start right there, uh, no. misperception. Um, no, but but every time I, I would uh, I would pull a pair of shoes out, there's like a voice inside me saying, you don't deserve that. You know, and I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. I was just telling it, shut up. Get out. Get out of my head. And every like nice experience, I was like, ooh, I want that jacket. It's like, you don't deserve it. it it's just this overwhelming thought, but it's like. Yeah, you got to get over I, that, bro. I, it's not welcome anymore. It's got to go. Yeah, it's well, you know what? Go. You're at least acknowledging it. Most people, they're under that delusion. They don't even know what's happening. They're just like, yeah, that'd be nice. And they keep on moving. Exactly. Like, and you go, wait, why don't I? Let me jealous when someone else has it. Yes. Yeah. You know what's so interesting? I, 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 was, I did a really great show the other day, and I completely judged. I got asked to do a charity event for Armenians. And I, I, awesome. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't enjoy doing them. I do them all the time. You said that you love doing them. I, well, I like doing charity events because I like, I like to help people. Yes. I don't like performing in them. Because I have this misconception that crowds are like when I started, and they all judged me because I was really honest on stage. And back then, it was all about being, uh, you know, fan like uh, uh, TV clean. Yeah. And you know, it's observational stuff, like what Seinfeld's doing. And Seinfeld is great because that is Seinfeld. Correct. But I was not Seinfeld, right. and I wanted to be honest on stage. And I got everyone saw me as a super filthy comic. People always said I was trying to shock people. I never try to shock people. I always just try to be 100% honest on stage. Yep. So I have this perception that these 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 crowds are um, they're going to come in judging me. But this crowd was like magical. Like I opened up. It was for an elementary school, uh -huh. so it was all parents. And I opened up with a coke joke, and the place exploded. Like midway in, like like a midway into the show, laugh opening the show. And I'm like, this is a good crowd. And I just started saying, boom, boom, boom. And everybody went up and just went, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, this is a magical That's crowd. Awesome. Have you guys ever seen this comic name? Uh, Tamar. Tamar. Sounds familiar. The guy? Who, who, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, Tamar Katan. Katan. He's very cool. He annihilated. Yeah, very good guy. Annihilated very I like last him. night. And he annihilated. It was so fun to watch because... You know, I have two reactions to a funny He's people. Like a I get Cholo scared kinda, first. Yeah. I get scared, and then I want I I, I need them in my life. That's uh, how that's how I, I go feel. with everybody. That's cool. That's how I feel. Oh, it's like oh, this guy's a gunslinger. I need to be friends with this gunslinger. That's how I am. Yeah. Because you could go either one or two ways, and you see people happen where they see somebody scares them, and their first reaction is, "I have to kill this guy." You know, right. this guy. If you're yeah. threatened, right? Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like. Dude, this guy, and you know, one of the first people I did with it was Steve Byrne and then Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer scared me when I first He's saw him. So dude. I'm like, I have to tell this guy he scares me and I need to be his friend, you know? Yeah, so it's awesome. like, like, that's so why it's like, I was gun dude, what a great way to gun, live. That's right? awesome. A gun recognizes a gun. That's how I see it, right? So, yeah, Tracy Morgan used to tell me, Don recognized Don. Yeah, so. You that? That's fine. Yeah. We sit, so after the show, I was talking, I'm like, man, I haven't seen you. You were so funny. It was great. And he's talking about how his therapist had come to his show. And he goes, he goes, he'd watch his act. And he was like, dude, you are amazing. He goes, you don't understand. You are talking to dogs, to, I, I don't want to say dogs. Pet, they're like, they're like sheep on, on leashes. The, huh. the crowd is the sheeps on leashes. And you are completely free 
you're a tiger and you're saying whatever the fuck you wow. want. And it's so true, man. You know, it's like when you're on stage, there's just a super freedom of doing comedy that some people don't understand in the audience, you know, because they're told you don't say this, don't say this, don't say this, don't say this. And you're like, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that. Why did I still start telling this story? It had something to do with your saying, dude. But it's like, that's awesome. Yeah. It, you guys are saying something and I wanted to compliment. You were talking about your shoes. Where'd it and, go? And, and I got my feelings worthy, hurt. Yeah, and being worthy <laughs> of you see how that, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by that moment still. Why? Well, I thought you were attacking my shoes. No. And you were saying the audience was, you thought the audience was going to attack you at the charity. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. There we, we go. We, so we're both There vulnerable. we go. Bringing, Bringing it, it together. together. <laughs> no, that's great, dude. I love you, dude. See, I love I, you guys. I've watched you for so long, and it's just like fun to see somebody who grinded for so These kids don't get it. Eight Everybody years? wants to quit. I'm to like, just get past. I've been doing this for 16 now. I went on, since my I, I went on. Mics. But you are a. A legit monster. Oh, thanks, buddy. I, would you please, for I mean, I, just just as a fan, tell that story in the main room, the 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 Gold's Gym story. Would you yeah, consider, sure. dude? I, that's my that's my number one favorite story. Um, I'm you, trying to get into that, and I realized, you know, what stories? We, yeah, but like it's the best, dude. Stories yeah, but, are the best. But every story I have has to do with this uh, a felony almost that's like There's i think they're funny there are but i've also realized that i've been running so hard to just to create comedy and to work in the industry of writing every like i meet every day when i'm not doing podcasts i meet with three different groups every day writing three different projects Ugh. do blah 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 blah. you know what tim that's exhausting though this is what i'm starting to realize there's only so much you can do I'm really? starting to realize that. And I can't say no to people. Yeah, you got Everybody gotta, okay. calls me up. I'm like, you can't. You okay, this is what no you have to, anybody, to do. Sam. Bro, dude, we're so similar. That's why we've probably been friends for so long. Okay, my New Year's resolution this year, and it's still, and I'm starting, and I'm like, how does this, I find myself in the same situation over like over and over again. Remember, <laughs> Tim McGraw and Nelly had that smash hit of the early 2000s. No, I don't <laughs> oh, tremendous. Nelly. I, dude, it was it's Nelly and Tim McGraw. I miss Nelly, yeah. Oh, it was Nelly, so if you're out there, we good. love you. In fact, I'm gonna go listen to that on the way home. Yeah, it's, uh, we'll put so that on good. the podcast. And then also, speaking of duets, just I'm trying to put some joy into the world. Yeah. There's a uh, version of "Stuck on You" where Lionel Richie sings it with Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my God! Really? There's no reason ever be in a bad mood. Yeah, really. Can, yeah, because Lionel Richie's killing it, but it's like a, I'm like, this is a. It just sounded different, like a little more country, a little bit. And then you hear "Stuck on You." Oh, it's so good oh, with Hootie like, killing totally it. He's totally transferred over. Hootie kills it. Yeah, they're a good vibe. Dude, what were we talking about? Uh, we're, just, we're, we're just being crazy today. Um, <laughs> we're just being crazy. Oh, no. Can I, can uh, oh, the story? I just want to say, yeah. treat yourself as good as you treat other people. Learn how to say no. Your resolution. Yeah, that was my New Year's resolution. I started to treat, my, treat myself as good as I would treat somebody else. Wow. And it's still very difficult for me to do that. But uh, you have to, because or else you're going to wind up having nothing left to give. And uh, creatively, you're not going to be a great stand-up, a great script. Like, think of all the full-time jobs that we have. Podcast is a full-time job. See, it, we're, yeah. If you got paid for this today, if you were a morning radio guy, you'd be making millions of dollars a year yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Stand-up comedy. Booking all this stuff, keeping all your personal assistant yeah. work Hosting. we have to do. Writing. Yeah, you just talked about cutting auditions out because you, there's not enough time for everything. And because I don't. We still enjoy have to that. live our lives. We still have to live our lives. Yeah. You still have to find time to read a book, 
to watch something on TV, to decompress, to cook your meals, to clean your house. And that, that's the stuff I always – like if you were to walk into my apartment now, it's embarrassing. It's what? just baskets of laundry that I need to fold, a dirty plate on the table. Mm-hmm. Like I have to get all that stuff together because I'm, I'm leaving for the road again on Thursday. Yeah, like, I ugh. don't – I'm starting to get – I. I hate to say, but I don't need to be going up every night. I don't. No, I, I don't did. either. No, I three times the, a week. I'm. Cool. You do it when you More need to enough. develop. That's why I, I am so who too. I am. I'm right. n- and I'm happy. And I'm not trying to ground out a special right now. Like if somebody's like, "Hey, May fifteenth, we're shooting," I'd be up every night. I'd yeah. get it tight. I'd be doing it. But right now, no nah, man. I think I think having fun experiences. Like I'm gonna do potluck tonight. I'm not trying. Any, I'm not trying any jokes. I'm gonna talk about this. Uh, this resort that i went to and like and like just just the weird stuff of going to resort i went and visited my sister and her kids and the kids uh-huh. were acting all crazy so i'm just gonna talk about that for three four minutes it's, and i'm out you know bro that's what i did for years at the comedy store i was like nah i'm just gonna go up there and connect that's 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 what i want to do that's um, what i'm you, trying to do too. you told me a story because i've called you at two three in the morning before yeah. you've really, really whatever you want me. to i'm there dude you've really helped me you know and i had some dark like last year has been a really dark year with the porn and stuff and you know just kind of struggling with the, just different addictions like and i've called you and you've really like you've really helped me so much and you know one one story about uh not giving up that you told me i think it's the will you tell uh, the people who are listening that the ranger story about like they're there t- that's the most amazing thing that's ever come out of your mind. Oh, you know what? I was just thinking about that today. Would you would you tell that? Uh not yeah, a story, because, but kind of tell that. Yeah, I am number one, I do believe in heroes. <laughs> and I have so many heroes and I find inspiration in so many people. And one of the a uh, huge like anytime I get asked to do something for our military, I say yes. Me too, dude. Because those guys they're legit they're they're real life heroes. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday I was honored I did a uh charity event. The name of the organization is Our O U R Operation Underground Railroad. And it's all these badass dudes that go and rescue kids from sex slavery. No shit. Whoa, hold on. Say can you talk about this a little more? Because I you did a charity event for them? Yes. I mean yesterday. Like, if you ever get need anybody, ask me to do it. I okay. wanna tell you my sex slavery because there's two million people, there's two million people in slavery right now. It's the lar- I think it's the most the world's ever seen, and you have these guys that have these skills like Liam Neeson and Taken, and they're going and they're rescuing. Where are they these going, kids. dude? Where is this I will help Southeast them. Asia. I'll help them do anything, dude. Because yeah. I tried to do a charity event recently, and it was just such a clusterfuck for this group of people who are trying to help people, and it just was. It was just like it was. The, they were so poorly ran. Yeah. This was a good event. It was through Cal State Fullerton. I'd love to There's like some awesome professor down there. This is what the professor told his kids, told his students. Because the girl, he was like, pick a charity because this is what success is. He said, don't think of success in terms of how much money you make, how big your house is, or how fast your car is. He was like, that's not success. He goes, success is the positive impact you have on somebody else's life. And I was like, oh, my God, this professor, I wish somebody told me that in college. That's beautiful. So these kids found this charity, Operation Underground Railroad. And it is like people that I think are superheroes. Operation Underground Railroad? Yep. All right, I'm going to look at Where these guys go in and they, they rescue these people. They pose as bad guys. And then they rescue the they wow, rescue like the they kids. come like get at it, come with me. Do you yeah. guys know? Uh, because my friend Joe Bartnick might know the same group. I'm sure, but I love Bartnick. Yeah, he's a great but guy. He's he one tells of my favorite that, people. You know, a lot of women get kidnapped out of Southern California. Really? Because everybody wants white American girls. Blonde girls. Jesus so they God. they like in the Middle East, or Orange County. Yeah. Dude, I have a friend of mine who. Oh my, that's that's horrifying. Yeah. So yeah. They'll end up in like some Persian sheik's house. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What a. Yeah, yeah, it's out there. Oh, okay. So we got to support the people that stop it. Yeah, and some of these guys, like, uh, so uh, 
whenever I can do the USO, whatever I can for the military. And because like a child, I go, wait, I get to like go entertain the X-Men. Like I really yeah. feel like these people are superheroes. Um, and it's not just because of the skills they possess, but I've never met somebody from the military, especially people that have excelled at, in the military, that didn't have this unbelievable team spirit, altruistic spirit. Like those guys leave the military, then they come out and they just continue to make the world a better place. Like amazing people. So sometimes when I do have the time to read, all my books are usually about pro wrestling, God, or <laughs> military. One of the books I read was about the uh, the Delta Force. And these guys are legit superheroes. Like stuff that Batman can't do, these guys can legitimately do. And it would, the story I told you about not giving up was about their... Uh, Rangers? No, it was, it was Delta guys. It was about their selection process and how long of a process it is and how brutal of a process it is. Where I believe... And I'm getting the details wrong, but the message is this. They go through, I don't know how many months of training. Hell. Hell. Legitimately hell. And then that last week, there's no sleep at all. And it's insane. And they're doing all these tasks. And one of the things is like, I don't know, like a hundred mile ruck through the woods, like through the mountains with backpack, all that stuff. But they don't know how they're being they're all they're being evaluated, but they don't know how they're being evaluated. Mm. And it's similar to my buddy that was the commander. They give you a rendezvous point. And then when you get there. They, these guys, not everybody made it. So many people gave up along the way. Most people gave Mo up. Oh, right? yeah. I think their attrition rate, I think it's something like, let's say if 100 guys try out for it, maybe two make it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you show up at this final destination. Yeah. So many people give up the first day. It's just like stand-up. Yeah. Those say no. Funny it's people. True. The movie comes out. The open mics are flooded, and then who stays? After, right. Yeah. yeah. That's it. It's everything's like that, dude. <laughs> no matter who you are, man. No Back matter what came you out, are. Everybody wanted to be a fireman, you know, until they're like, oh wow, I got to go into burning buildings, and there's no music playing. Dude, my buddy that owns a gym was like, if it was easy to be big and strong, everybody would be everybody. big and strong. So these guys, the evaluation, they finally make it to the rendezvous point, and they're told, "Wow, congratulations, you did it." Unfortunately, here and like they give you a blanket and their feet are bleeding. Like one guy literally left the soles of his feet in his boots. They, you're cold. They give you a plant and they're like, "Hey man, we've we're 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 out there looking for you. We didn't think you were gonna make it. This is I can't. We're so thankful that you're alive, but that's the good news. The bad news, unfortunately, we we were timing you." And you didn't make it in the in the amount of time that is necessary to be a member of this elite group. But we're so impressed with what you've done. Do you think you could start over again? Do the whole process, the whole months and months of over again? And most of the guys would, a significant portion after they made it through everything, and then they're told, and then they're told no. They didn't say how many guys said no that they couldn't do it again. But if you said no. You didn't make the team. If you said, yeah, I'm willing to do it, they're like, okay, congratulations, you're on the team. Oh, that was, was a one last yes. test. was one last Will test. Will you go through any lengths? Yeah, will you go through any lengths? And that's a great way to end the show. That was great, I, I got chills. Isn't that so cool? Steve, we gotta have you on. Steve, congratulations. You now, you're now a regular here. Yeah, the, whenever. Uh, dude, I, I will, next time I'll bring yeah. snacks. Yeah, 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 I just want to hang out with you guys. It's great pot. I, I do love you, dude, and I root I love for you. Guys. you also, can we say, did you want to plug your, your Twitter, yeah, Facebook, plug all, your stuff. all that stuff? Yeah, uh, I do a podcast called Good Times. That's great. It's self-help through nostalgia. My website's awesomesteve.com. Are you just shushing me? Oh, yeah, no, I'm just kind of like doing this. And it's at Steve Simone on Twitter. Twitter, awesomesteve.com is the website. 
Awesome, Can they add Steve. you on Facebook? Yeah. And then, just like, Steve Simone. Something that I always say, too, is I always say, hey, reach out to me if you have a problem. Are they able to reach out of to course. you? Of course. And P- our fans, like, a lot of the people who listen to International Bad Boys need help. Like, of our course. fans are like, I'm, I'm hooked on this. I'm, doing-. I'm here, like, bro. Steve Simone is, like, a lot of people, like, I'll put that out, and they, they private message me. I go to Steve Simone I've a lot been, of times. Hey, and listen, guys, I have to keep checking my other box in Facebook, <laughs> there, did you know that there's an other box in Facebook no. where all yeah. the weirdest emails, messages, dude? You go to it, you're gonna see people who love you. Who go, dude, what's and, up? Why don't you ever get back to me? It's it's a spam box. Really? Okay, you yes. go go. Yeah, you just gotta go. I'll show you. It's a show there's it a me, second yeah. one, and it's like people offering you gigs, people yeah, like yeah. needing help. I always had a crush on you. Yes, yeah, it's I guess the, I'm gonna get the boob not, reduction. Man. No, not the boob I reduction. I gotta go. I just saw this. It's the I don't deserve it box. Like you weren't ready to hear that. It, like uh, people are like, hey, do you want to do my show? 2011. You'll see stuff from 2010 and 11. So funny. And like, hey, I've always liked. You. Like I, I, yeah, crazy stuff. The, the well, other guys, box of Facebook. Can I just plug my plug anything you want? Buddy. Um, uh, Stephen Randolph, S T E V. E N R A N D O L P H two. That's uh that's on Twitter and Instagram. Steven Randolph on Facebook. I'll add anybody. I'll talk to anybody. Please add me. I'm also gonna be on Crab Feast. It's already recorded. It drops tomorrow. So oh, I love that podcast. Yeah, yeah. I had I had a blast, man. I went all out level ten. Um, I don't know how it's gonna be perceived, but the bad boy fans, would you please help me out? And I think and- it's gonna be perceived great. Why even put some fucking negativity on it? Not negativity at all. Just just wonder and question mark. Have all these stories you've told? Does anyone ever go, dude, Steve? Come on. I well well the reason I after I after I said the story the, both of them were like whoa like kind of like I kind of got the like the whoa and then I just walked off onto Venice Boulevard and went in my car and ate a piece of cheese so I'm wondering how I don't know I'm very insecure about my art I don't know how I'm perceived I have no idea what's dude, going don't, on dude they've had me on twice and they love it so it's all good man. yeah support support crab feast tomorrow um I think it's all things comedy yep all yeah. things comedy tomorrow at what time you know I don't know whatever Whenever, just find it just gets yeah. dropped. Awesome. Well, cool. guys, excellent show. One of my favorites we've ever done. Uh, this has been, hold on real quick. So I, I'm going to say something that I'm only going to say it once. There we go. I have a meeting with Comedy Central because I sold a digital series. Yes. I don't want to get into I like I, The only reason I'm saying this is because I was so far away from everything. So like a year ago, I was so far away. I was just like, I couldn't get sober. I was just doing a lot of crazy shit. I shot myself in the foot a thousand fucking mm. times. And uh, I, the only reason I'm telling everybody this is because there are people who do listen to this and they're all like, uh, oh, fuck, what's going on? What am I going to do in my life? Mm. And it's just like, if you get out of your own way, it's really amazing when you stop shooting yourself in the foot how easy it is to walk to your dreams. You know what I'm saying? It's wow. like, it really is true, dude. It I really love is that was, That's really, that's dude, a I needed sticker. to hear that. that I needed awesome. to hear that too. And it's just the truth, man. If you get out of your own way, it, you know, the biggest thing is like, do you think it's possible? Like I've been, I've been doing a lot, I've been talking to a lot of people who've been struggling with this uh, disease and yeah. a, lot a lot of things of, they don't know. On the show. Huh. A lot of people don't know what they want to do. Yeah. They don't know. Like, that's the toughest I want to get Sam. sober. Okay. So, what do you want to do? They're like, I don't know. It's like you never jump in your car if you don't know where your destination right. is. How many people jump in their car and just drive around? Nobody. I think you we all have you dreams, go. but like we're afraid to believe that they can come true. So it's oh, like, it's well, true. I want to start my own restaurant, but that's crazy. Right. Like, like, well, that's your dream. Do it, man. Yeah. Yeah. So my point is think big. It's free and have, you know, go big. Well, go. congratulations, bro. You, you work your that ass off. You work awesome. That's, that's a huge Huge, huge deal. Thank you. I'm very excited. And uh, so with that, Steve, 
this was that story you told. Both of you guys told great stories, and uh, it was a great podcast. And we need to hear I it. I love all and, you guys, uh, man. Shout out to Donut Time. Oh, Donut Time. And our sponsors. Donut Time, located on Highland and Santa Monica Boulevard. Home of the Bear Claw. If you can't find it, ask the tranny hookers Get where it is. Get your 10% off. They'll Mention the bad boys. We can't guarantee you that. But, guys, listen to it. We love you. Steve Simone, you're one of my favorite people. Steve we'll Simone's talk to you guys man. Soon. Great. Great. We'll talk to you guys. I hope you guys enjoy uh, Jim Florentine and the John Huck double episodes last week. So, thank you. Take care, everybody. Let us know what you think. Bye. Bye. Bye.